Welcome to the Rural Revitalization Network podcast, and I am your host, Pastor Rob Beckett. The Rural Revitalization Network is committed to encouraging pastors, churches, and communities throughout rural America to engage, equip, and empower through local resources to build God's church. So we are here today again with uh, Dr. Todd Bolsinger uh, from Fuller, and uh, we had talked to him before, uh, some weeks before, about canoeing the mountains, and today we would like to talk to him about the, the most recent book that he's had come out, is Tempered Resilience. And this book is, uh, is just as helpful, or, or just as helpful as far as the, the leader himself. Today we're talking about Tempered Resilience. And this book is going to help the pastor, help the leader, help anyone that's in leadership in the church uh, to help them to understand themselves, understand how they're formed and how understand uh, some of the things that maybe they're going through um, and just uh, the, the things that they are struggling with. Maybe they can understand it a little bit more. Uh, the principles that uh, Dr. Bolsinger goes through and, and explains and talks about. And maybe we can understand that these things that we're going through is not necessarily weakness. These are things that God is building and, and making and shaping in us and that we can end up being better leaders on the other side, uh, even though it may seem messy at times, it may seem uh, hard at times, but at the end, that we're going to be better leaders through this. And so we just want to welcome you, uh, uh, doctor today. And we just thank you for being with us to talk about your new book. And we look forward to getting it into hands of others and other leaders. And so welcome. Thank you, Rob. It's nice to be with you again. Well, we are just excited about getting into this today to, uh, give, uh, our leaders and our pastors an overview on your book. And um, can you just uh, tell about the, the premise of it and, and where it came about and how it developed and, and go right into it? Yeah, so I spent the better part of about five years traveling around the country talking about the themes from my last book, Canoeing the Mountains, which was all about how to lead change when you're off the map, when you're, and you're no longer the expert, and you have to learn and face losses along the way and how hard that is. And one of the things that happened was I began to, every single place I went, they said to me, hey, there's a chapter in the book on canoeing the mountains that we really want to make sure you talk about. Could you please talk about the chapter on sabotage? Because mm. there's, there's an entire chapter that's on sabotage. That, and, um, and this was kind of a, a unique learning for me, even as a leader, which was there's a person named Edwin Friedman, who was a Jewish rabbi who studied these things in great detail. And he said that what happens whenever you're trying to bring change is a leader will bring a change think they've made been successful and then they get sabotaged mm. that the very same people who will sometimes vote for the change hey we should make a change we should you know reach our neighbors better or try to get younger or you know change the worship services to be more relevant it's after you've made the change you've voted on it you've decided that you started it that people then start resisting it mm. And what basically helped me see is that this is the same pattern you see in the scriptures, right? It's after the Red Sea, right? after God does the miracle, the greatest miracle that anybody would see until the resurrection. And they're beginning to head through the wilderness to the promised land. After the miracle, after the freedom, you hear, you know, slavery, they killed our children, right. but we did have leeks and onions for yeah, lunch. There you go. Maybe we should go back. 
Yeah, and we... and and I, what I began to recognize is that for leaders, this was the most difficult challenge. Right. This was completely soul sucking. Harder than the changing world out there that sometimes can feel so daunting is the resistance of our own people when we've already begun to make changes to try to try to resist to reach that ministry around us. Yeah, absolutely. And and I remember uh, even in, when I first came to my church and uh, I, I for one, I've got some wonderful people, wonderful hearts, just love Jesus and love serving the Lord. And and when I came in, they said they told the DS when we actually come to interview and they're like, we need somebody with ideas. Well, it is easy to say at the moment uh, we need ideas, but sometimes and I'm not saying this is all necessarily the case where I serve because I have some wonderful people there. But what happens many times people say like when you're sick. You're, you say, I really want to get well. I, I'm tired of being sick. But then when you have to do what it takes or take the medicine that it takes to get you well, you're like, I don't like that. I don't, I don't want that. And, and so people will say, we need new ideas. We need all these things. And then when a leader comes in and says, you know, this is what God showed us that we need to do. And they're like, well, we need it except for that. We just can't do that. So, yeah. yeah, it's very it's actually it's become um, really actually a central part of our understanding is that people want change. They don't want to have to change. Right. <laughs> like right. What they hope is right. that things can change without having to change. And that's and that's actually at the core of, of adaptive leadership, which is um, I define leadership as energizing your own people toward their own transformation. Mm. So that they can accomplish the mission God has for them. That is the absolute hardest thing to do. <laughs> right. That's the hardest thing. And that's why. So tempered resilience was really about um, my spending time with people like district superintendents who would say to me stuff like, you know, I'm not sure we have anybody who can actually do this. Mm. And at first I thought, oh, I need to do a better job of training people in how to lead adaptive change. Mm -hmm. What I discovered was they were saying, no, we're not sure we have anybody who has the stomach for the this. stomach for it. And so what we began to realize is we had to develop what we call tempered resilience, which is the strength and flexibility to help bring transformation of a group of people so they can accomplish the mission God's given them. Yeah. So so you've taken the book and and you actually used your experience through a uh, discovery type experience and you went to a blacksmith shop. Which, you know, like you said very well, if anybody knows you, you're not a blacksmith. I'm not a blacksmith. But you went to that blacksmith and you learned some th uh, principles, some truths from that. Uh, just like the example of God saying, you know, go down to the potter's house and I'm like the potter. And, and mm -hmm. you was able to take some truths from the blacksmith. And that's what this whole premise of this book is based upon is the whole process of what it takes and, and, and all these things. And, and, it's, and you walk it through and you uh, give in detail uh, certain things, things that say, hey, leader, this is maybe what, who you are, but this is what you're going to experience. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, it started for me because um, I read one of my favorite, most inspiring uh, messages I've ever heard was Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech. Mm -hmm. And in the line in the I Have a Dream speech, he quotes Isaiah 40. So he gives a biblical reference to 250,000 people on the mall there in Washington, D.C. in 1963. And he then says, with this faith, 
we will be able to hew out of a mountain of despair stones of hope. Mm. Hew out of a mountain of despair stones of hope. You know, when you talk to leaders about what it's like to bring change, what they describe is a mountain of despair. Mm. I am am losing hope. So how do you hew out of that despair stones of hope, right? And that verb is hew, and it's not smash like a sledgehammer, and it's not, you know, blow up like dynamite, and it's not back down. It is hewing, transforming. And so I started asking the question, so what is the kind of tool that can hew? And that's a tempered tool. Mm -hmm. And so I I looked up, how do you make tempered tools? And I ended up in a blacksmithing shop in Los Angeles. Um, There's a blacksmithing community in a section of the city. They haven't had a horse there in 100 years, (laughs) but they got blacksmiths. They were learning the trade. And I did a couple of classes. And what I learned was that process of transforming steel into a tempered tool is a lot like the process that we go through as leaders that that transforms us from people who want to be people of trustworthy character into somebody who can bring transformation. Yeah. So when I first came to my church, and and I've talked about this before, that when I first came, I used my experience, life experiences. I used uh, my common sense. I I used everything out of my bag the the tricks that I had but the moment where I ran out of that uh, that my bag was empty uh, and I had no more tricks to pull out I had to rely on God to shape me and form me into the leader I am today and thankfully uh, for me and for my people and for everyone I'm not the same person I was six years ago when I started uh, started here so so yeah, I understand the process, and God, and we have to let God do that. And with um, those processes, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of heat. There's a lot of pounding. There's a lot of things that goes along with that. Yeah, yeah. The um, one of the most important lessons that I have to teach folks when we're coaching and consulting, and we're working with folks through our cohorts that learn change is um, leaders are formed in the leading. Mm. Mm. we'd like to read a book go to a workshop take a class have it all worked out it doesn't work that way says a guy who writes books teaches workshops and like teaches classes it's it's those are all the tools you've got you don't actually learn the skill of leading and being resilient in leadership until you're actually in the middle of the challenge so what makes leadership so hard is you actually have to be formed while you're doing it It's like the old cliche about having to build a plane while you're flying it. It's Mm. the same kind of experience. Mm. And for most of us, that's humbling and it's daunting and you feel vulnerable and exposed and, and you're not sure it's going to work, but that is the only path, the only way through. And it takes, and it takes a while for this. Uh, I know that uh, in your book, you talk about, you say, and I'm quoting a little bit of a line here says, uh, resilience is not mustered in a moment of time but it's formed and hammered out over time, transformed, forged, formed, and tempered. That it takes time to do this. And man, that time can seem like forever sometimes. Well, and there's and there's a process to it as well, right? Think about like a piece of steel becomes a tool over a long process that is really repetitive. And I always say it's heating and then you put it on the anvil so it's held Mm -hmm. and it's hammered and then it's cooled down and then you heat it and hold it and hammer it and quench it and heat it and hold it and hammer it and quench it. And you just keep doing that over and over and over again until finally you get a perfectly tempered tool. And what I do in the book is I use that metaphor as a way of talking about the formation process that almost every leader has to go through 
while you're in the middle of leading. So I would say, you know, this is the book I wrote for people who are there. They are trying to bring change. They're in the middle of it, of a daunting experience. Many of them are my coaching clients or they're in the middle of training cohorts. You know, they didn't, they didn't stop their ministry. They're doing it while they're doing it in real time and they're being formed along the way. So, um, and to, and it brings to mind for me and, and maybe you can speak into this just a moment, you know, we, we get in that fire, we get that heat that we feel. And of course we have a tendency, we want to pull back from that. We want to, uh, you know, get out of that. But you talk about the 700 degree pastor or the 700 degree leader. Yeah. And if you just speak into that a moment. Yeah. Yeah. So when we took the blacksmithing class, the, one of the very first things they did is they gave us a piece of steel and they told us to put the steel into the fire. And here we are blacksmithing. And literally I'm like, we're blacksmithing. Uh, I, I've got a, a, a pair of jeans on a t-shirt. They gave me some earplugs. That's all I had. Right. I was thinking I was going to get chain mail or big leather gloves. Nope. Earplugs. That's, that's what it feels like to be a leader. You're just thrown into the fire before you're even hundred percent ready. Then he said, five minutes into it, he said, okay, pull the steel out and look at it. Notice it's the same color and it's the same consistency as it was before. It looks exactly the same. It's 700 degrees. It'll burn the skin right off your hands. But at this temperature, you can't shape it into anything else. It has to actually get up to 2000 degrees. Mm -hmm. It's got to go to the place where it becomes soft, malleable. I always, I actually use the phrase oozy. Like it just feels like it's just like dripping. I mean, when it's finally at the place when you can begin to shape it, if you hold it up, gravity pulls mm. on it, mm. right? And for me, that's the metaphor of the vulnerability that leaders have to be willing to take on. Vulnerable before God, being open to being formed. You feel like you're not strong enough to do anything. Mm. And yet your capacity at that moment is really, that's when God starts shaping you. And so for many of us, that's one of the reasons why it's so important for us to be in environments where we can be well held, like on an anvil. That's what our relationships are. The, the heat of reflection needs to be held by mm -hmm. the security of relationships. And it's in that process of reflection and relationships that God begins to transform us. That's great. So, you know, uh, as we begin to wrap up and, and you know that uh, the Rural Revitalization Network is for small and or rural pastors. Um, matter of fact, the statistics are that the majority of churches and um, are, and depends on the denomination, but in general, uh, 80 to 85% are small churches. And right. so if that, 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 uh, that tempering, that heat, that 700 degree mm -hmm. leader, uh, to encourage them that, yes, the heat is there, but stick with it. How uh, You have a word to encouragement to yeah. these leaders uh, that we're, we're ministering to on the network. Yeah, well, one of them I would say to people is um, remember that God knows. God knows you. God knows your heart. God knows what you're going through. Um, every single thing that feels vulnerable to you, God knows and is there and cares about it. And for me, why that's important is that I realize right off the bat that this sense of vulnerability doesn't shame God or make God disappointed in me. As a matter of fact, that notion that we are already loved by mm. God before we've done anything is like the raw material. It's like the, the good quality steel that you shape. And the second part of that is it's going to feel hard. It's going to feel vulnerable, which is why you need to not be alone. 
Right. The anvil is the center of the experience. The anvil is where the shaping takes place. And the anvil for leaders is our relationships. And that's why things like your network are really important. That's why we do coaching. It's why we encourage, you know, all of our leaders, we say to them, you know, you cannot lead alone. It's leadership malpractice if you try to lead alone. Mm. So what I would encourage for folks, especially, um, it's not just in the small church, but especially if you feel like you're alone, you know, be part of a network, join a cohort, be part of something where you're with other leaders so that you're, as you're being, as you're learning together. That's good. Well, thank you, sir, for being with us today. And uh, with the Rural Revitalization Network, we have a new uh, improved website that with all kinds of resources and tools that we're adding almost daily uh, to help you to, to lead and to help you get through some of these things. And, and we even have a, a link on there where you can go and, and get some coaching. Um, and we're just here for you. We're, we want to be here together uh, for a relationship, for each other. And just, just think about what we can do for, uh, with the, in the mission of God that he has called us into and that what we can do together through this. And, uh, and we just give him all the uh, praise and glory for what he's going to do and glorify his church, which will glorify his name. And we just thank you today. Thank you for being with us. My pleasure.